0: Welcome into the Flat Rock Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Christian Hunt, and on today's show, we're going to be breaking down conference realignment and also what that means going forward. I'm going to have more on that here in just a minute. Welcome to the Flat Rock Sports Podcast, your daily source for all things college football. And now your host, Christian Hunt. All right, guys, welcome into the show. We have a good one for you today, right? as USC and UCLA are going to be moving to the Big Ten in 2024. So a little more news about that, by the way, and kind of breaking down USC and UCLA's move here. USC actually joined the Pac-12, it was 100 years ago, all right, it was in 1922. Since joining the Pac-12, they've won 11 national championships, and they've had seven Heisman winners. They're going to be led by Lincoln Riley who's coming over from Oklahoma. While at Oklahoma, Riley had a 55 and 10 record there. He made it to the playoffs 4 times with zero wins. <clears throat> he had two Heisman winning quarterbacks in Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, and he had 3 total quarterbacks get drafted in 5 years there, and the last being Jalen Hurts. Who was, uh, or sorry, who is the Philadelphia Eagles starting quarterback as of today? Now on to UCLA. UCLA joined the Pac-12 in 1928. All right, a little more interesting side note on that: uh, they've only won one national championship in their program history. They also have one Heisman winner, and they've only actually they've only been to one national championship appearance in their total time there if you can believe that so it's certainly an interesting uh, an interesting stat there right now ucla is going to be led by uh, head coach chip kelly and he has an 18 and 25 record while being at ucla chip kelly came to prominence uh, at oregon as a matter of fact he had one national champ Uh, national championship appearance while at Oregon that was the year uh, Oregon went on to play Auburn and lost to them in the national championship game since uh, the BCS has gone away and the playoff format is here to stay uh, Chip Kelly has yet to make it to the playoffs right mainly because he did kind of jump over to the NFL around this time so it's interesting to see what would happen now his 2021 record uh, from last year was he was eight and four and he actually placed third in the pac 12 which is actually pretty good um, considering where ucla started from <clears throat> looking at some more of the numbers here for both the schools usc and ucla uh believe it or not are being offered 33 million dollars it's kind of like a big collective right so the pac-12 said hey we're going to give uh 30 we're going to pay out 33 million dollars to be distributed between all of the different members of the Pac-12, they're gonna, actually, uh, they're gonna actually be going to the Big Ten where it's estimated that once they sign this new TV deal, it's gonna be anywhere between 80 to $100 million, okay, somewhere in that range. So they're gonna make quite a bit more than what they're already getting as a payout. Now, looking at some of the other numbers that we're seeing here, Nebraska, or sorry, USC and UCLA the closest school in the Big Ten to them is Nebraska, and that's just at fifteen hundred miles away from them. Uh, the next, or the furthest school away from them, is going to be Rutgers, who's twenty-seven hundred miles away. This is a land-shattering move <laughs> for for college football here, because this is the Big Ten conference. By the way, is going to span four different uh, time zones, and to me. That has to be, especially when you're looking at playing a night game. So if Rutgers ever comes up and plays UCLA or USC at home and they're kicking off, I don't know if this would ever happen because they normally put those night games for marquee matchups. But if Rutgers comes out there and they kick off at 7 o'clock, that's going to be 10 o'clock New Jersey time, right? And then you you factor in, okay, they're not going to be finishing that game until 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, basically. New Jersey time (laughs) so that's something that could be a huge advantage uh, for USC and UCLA now kind of looking a little a little uh, further ahead here right why they why they do this well they did it because they're gonna be playing in bigger games they are gonna make more money they're gonna be playing in bigger games and that's gonna ultimately help them in recruiting right and you're gonna see at the end of the day that's gonna be a big that's gonna be pretty significant as we go forward in college football right the next five ten years uh, or the next two decades however you want to look at it they're going to be marked by money right now that wasn't always something that you'd see in the backdrop of this for college athletics it was more about the tradition the the, the history of a program right not so much anymore you know it, it's about the green right not the team so with that being said here's another fascinating stat for you right and this is why i think usc and ucla they want to be more relevant right as the sports changing as conference realignments kicking off here's the exact reason why it's going to pay for them to be relevant california is in the top three as far as nfl talent you know by state they're the number three state they're less than an hour away from most of the talent in their state right in the los angeles area both these schools are that's going to be a huge advantage To go out and pluck in their you know pluck these guys up in their backyard, and they got they got to start winning their state again, right? But they also have to start winning games, and that to me is one of the benefits of going out and getting somebody like Lincoln Riley, and uh, Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, Travis Dye just to name a few, right? Uh, Like I said, USC, I don't want to say they're back, but they're looking pretty good, right? Comparatively, now. The other thing that we have to check out here for conference realignment is, I mean, who's next? Who's going to be next in this move, right? Well, the big the big, you know, the big shoe here that everybody's kind of looking at is going to be Notre Dame. Right? Notre Dame is kind of the one chess piece that everybody's waiting to see where they fit. Now, they're historically they're an independent school. They don't fall in any conference or anything like that. During the COVID year back in 2020, they were more aligned with Um, It more aligned with the ACC, right? But nobody knows. They kind of have a lot of different options out there. They could either choose to stay independent. They could choose to go to the ACC, the SEC if they wanted to, maybe the Big Ten. That would probably be a good match for them. But who knows, right? I have a feeling that you're going to start seeing them potentially, right, potentially uh, make that move. If you're asking me where I think they're going to go, I think that my heart says the Big Ten, but my head says the ACC, right? Uh, another interesting side note for Notre Dame is they're having a hell of an off season, right? Uh, First-year head coach Marcus Freeman for the Fighting Irish has the number one recruiting class right now in 2023. So it's going to be interesting to see what he can do with that talent once they get to South Bend. Right? The next school to keep an eye out on here is Oregon, Right? Oregon's an interesting one because, again, they're a national brand. We go back to Chip Kelly right right up the top of the screen and what he was able to do for for the Ducks there in Eugene, right? So I think it's going to be a a very interesting situation that Oregon finds itself in because if they stay in the Pac-12, okay, if they stay in the Pac-12, they're going to have an opportunity to run that conference. And that could be good for them, right? I'll kind of break down why it might be beneficial for a team like Oregon to stay put versus jump ship and run over to a new conference here in, uh, it, towards the end of the video, right? But <clears throat> then we're looking at another interesting team, right, which is Oklahoma State. When you look at the history of the Big 12 and what's kind of going on with it, it's Oklahoma, Texas, Texas, Oklahoma, right? And then... I would say oklahoma state's kind of the third team there right that that third that third team as far as who's relevant in the country from the big 12 it always kind of it it can transition right sometimes it was tcu sometimes it's baylor majority of the time you look at oklahoma state they've been a very consistent team uh since mike gundy's been there all right but it'll be interesting to see what they could do right they could figure out a way to get into the sec or maybe even go to the acc right it'd be interesting to see what they or or what they come up with right as conference realignment's really kicking off another team to keep an eye out for here is clemson okay clemson's been a national they, they are the acc right now as far as i'm concerned right i mean think about this when's the last time a team from the acc won a national championship other than clemson i should say right it's been a while um so they're holding it down right they may they may have an opportunity to go to the sec and i think they'd be a great fit for the sec right i'll just say this we'll trade you vandy for clemson (laughs) you know over in the sec right moving on to miami they're probably from just a brand standpoint i would say they're up there as you know they're up there with florida state um i'd say Miami's a bigger brand than Clemson is now granted the success isn't going to really relate that but they're still a big brand and Miami's doing some things right now in the recruiting trail that's going to be like I said Miami's going to be back soon enough right Mario Cristobal is going to get that program rolling down there and we could see them right we could see them potentially <clears throat> jump into a new conference like the SEC and do certain other things and just kind of see where it kind of goes from there right. I think one of the other uh, teams to kind of uh there's a, a couple other teams to take a look at over in the pac-12 right and i would say some of the teams that we would want to be looking at right now is utah right utah is kind of that odd man out they're not the number one guy in the pac-12 they're also not the worst guy in the pac-12 either right so uh, where do they fit in all this the utes you know i mean urban meyers old utes right you you, you want to see them Be relevant and they're a team that you want you want to cheer for them and you want them to do good right but in this it could be interesting to see where they end up or what they decide to do right if oregon bolts and leaves and tries to and goes to another conference i think utah would be the perfect school to kind of say hey let's keep you where you're at and let them take over the conference you know what i mean yeah you're probably going to be filling some 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 holes in there to kind of keep the conference intact but let it roll right taking a look at what used to be a a i don't say i want to choose my words very carefully here not a former powerhouse but what used to be a blue blood school in college football kind of is is towards the bottom now and that's stanford right seeing what stanford is going to decide to do could be a very interesting thing here right they're appealing not from so much the football brand standpoint, but from the academic standpoint. What they can what they can do as far as these college presidents are concerned. I mean, they're, Stanford's up there with Harvard, Brown, Yale, with these bigger uh, Ivy League schools. I think Stanford's up there. Now, here's another interesting thing too. Right, I want you to think about this. Stanford had probably or arguably two of the best quarterbacks, you know, ever. Right, they had uh, Andrew Luck. Right, more recently. Who I think had the Colts put an offensive line around him, he'd still be playing and man, he'd be lighting people up. And you probably have a couple Super Bowls, right? And then I think there's another name that you guys will know too, John Elway, right? Both Stanford alum. And man, it's just heck, you know, it's not even been that long since Stanford's been relevant in football. I mean, think about this Christian McCaffrey came out of Stanford, right? I mean, it's not been that long, but then you go back and you look at the record and you look at these these things, and you're like, man, what's going on? You know, David Shaw is going to have his hands full. I could see Stanford staying behind, you know, in the Pac-12, and you know, trying to make the best of it. I can also see them trying to figure a way out of this. And then if David uh, David Shaw maybe struggles this year, whatever have you, they look to jettison him and and get a new coach and go into a new conference, right? Where do I think they would? Where do I think Stanford fits right now from a conference standpoint? You know, listen, I'll talk about that you know here in just a second. But I, I think Stanford would be a great fit for the Big Twelve. You know, I think they could go over there and they could do some things. It'd be pretty interesting, right? Uh, Washington, okay, the Huskies, right? Chris Peterson is gone, and he was one of the best coaches Washington's had, um, bar none. You know, honestly, I mean, he's done some great things for Washington, and but he's gone. He's done. He's an advisor, I think, to the program and the academic side of it. Now, here's the here's the other interesting part about it, right? Jimmy Lake was uh, tasked with stepping in and kind of replacing Peterson over there at Washington. He didn't even last a year, and he's gone. So, Jimmy Lake's gone. They went out and they got uh, Kalen DeBeau, I think is his name, if I'm not mistaken. And they brought him in from Fresno State. And I mean, listen, the guy can flat out coach ball. I mean, he's got a great record. I think he's going to get Washington back into. He's going to get them back into the spotlight here, right? I think he's going to have them relevant again. Now, here's an interesting team, and this is my last team I want to really cover here as far as this goes right and that's west virginia all right west virginia to me they're a sneaky team right you look at who they're going to have at quarterback this year they've got jt daniels who arguably when he is healthy and he is on the field he's a top 10 quarterback i I mean he's a he is a good quarterback who can be a generational talent in my opinion right he's got a good arm makes good decisions i mean go back and look at his stats Through uh, ten games at Georgia and what he was able to do, the problem is he's not able to stay healthy, right? And he just kind of—it sucks because I hate it for him, right? He just, unfortunately, he cannot uh, seem to put himself in a good situation, right? He got usurped while at uh, USC by Caden Slovis, right? Who's now the quarterback over at Pitt, and then at Georgia, he got beat out by. Stetson freaking Bennett, you know what I mean? And you're, you're a former five-star quarterback from the state of California who should be running laps around a sixth-year walk-on quarterback uh, at Georgia, right? But nonetheless, here we are. Uh, enough on that, right? But I'll, I'll say this, though. JT Daniels has a really good shot because West Virginia is going to return their entire starting offensive line from last year. They also are going to return two of their top three wide receiving threats from last year. They have a chance offensively to be really, really explosive this year. If they can keep Daniels healthy, watch out, right? They, they're going to start winning some games. Maybe they move conferences, right? They get a call from the SEC, maybe the ACC, right? Man, it could it could be interesting to see what happens with with West Virginia. But I got a feeling in the next couple of years they're going to turn this thing around. Right. With that being said, the Big Twelve actually reached out, uh, you know, and they're looking to poach a few teams away from the Big Twelve right now, or sorry, not the Big Twelve. The the Big Twelve reached out and they're looking to poach a few teams from the Pac Twelve right now. Right? So many different numbers with this kind of gets confusing. Right? Um, But they're looking to take uh, Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon, Washington, Utah, and Colorado away from the Pac Twelve if. Somehow they could do that. That would reestablish the the legitimacy of the Big 12 and keep them alive for a little bit longer. I think you know what I mean. That would be that'd be awesome, you know. But here's the thing, and here's the reality of the situation, right? I think when you look at it in terms of a, a percentile, one of these two leagues is going to fold, whether whether it's the Big 12 or whether it's the Pac 12. Right now the advantage seems to be going to the Big 12 because they already have, they've already added BYU, UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati, right? Expected to join and kind of take Texas and Oklahoma's place, right? You know, so I they already have a, somewhat of a contingency plan in place. As far as, <clears throat> sorry, as far as the Pac-12 is concerned, they don't have anything yet. I mean, they, they're, they're still kind of, in shock and they're still trying to figure this out and put the pieces back together right now it'd be interesting because if they were to land all of these guys they would actually be at 18 teams which is a a record for most teams in you know for a conference at the FBS level so it'd be interesting to see there right now we're, we're talking about conference realignment we're talking about a whole host of different things here but what does that actually mean going forward you know what what is Why is conference realignment necessarily a good thing, right? Well, like we talked about, you know, you're going to have more marquee games being played, right? Now, from from a fan standpoint, watching this, it's a lot better because, you know, for example, if if I'm watching, you know, USC play Ohio State or Michigan or Wisconsin, right, and it's a top 25 matchup, man, that's going to be awesome, right? I mean, it's going to be a great game to watch that, right? But on the flip side of that, if I'm watching USC play Fresno State and it's a bloodbath or a sloppy game, it's kind of like, man, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't it's not as fun, it's not as exciting, right? Here here's the other thing, right? The rich get richer. Okay? So the, the more prevalent teams the, the more prevalent teams out there that are already good They have nothing to worry about, right? I I think that you look at the conferences here, right? Like the SEC and the Big Ten, they're safe, okay? They are definitely safe. Everybody else is on thin ice right now, right? They are trying to figure this out, and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? They're trying to figure everything out, and I I, I really do believe when you look at this that you're going to see a bigger uh, transition, if you will, from – the upper elites of college football, in the middle of the pack, it's going to get even bigger. So look for that, right? Then we have you know a change in recruiting rankings, right? With conference realignment, here's the thing that's going to happen, right? Like I said earlier, <clears throat> the more marquee, the, mar- the more marquee games that you have, the bigger the games, right? The more money that your school's bringing in. Um, and also, with the addition of NIL rising, you're going to start to see. A difference here in recruiting rankings, right? You're gonna—it's not going to be Texas, Georgia, Ohio State every year, and Clemson, and—and ironically, right, the same teams that you're looking that are in the college football playoff every year or every other year, right? You're gonna see probably, you know, you're gonna see Texas A&M, you're gonna see Texas being back, you're gonna see uh, Notre Dame, you're gonna see these difference of of schools. Sort of jumping in and out, and I think it's going to be a little more consistent. I think it's going to be better for the sport, right? Again, you know, when college athletes when they look at when they look at where should I go play ball, right? They're looking at nil money now. They're looking at uh, they're looking at who you know where, what's the not necessarily the tradition of the school I'm playing at, but who do they play? You know what I mean? What's the what's their ability to get guys to the league? You know. So there's a lot of different thing there, right? Now it's also gonna probably translate to more NIL money, right, for the schools. Again, it's we're kind of entering unprecedented times here with NIL and everything like that. It's only been going on for about a year and it already seems kind of interesting, right? So <clears throat> it's gonna be interesting to see how that kind of plays out with NIL. I think it's gonna also result to better postseason games. And what I mean by that is, you know, the average margin of victory, uh, In the college football playoffs Since it's inception Is 21 points That's not a very close game by any stretch of the imagination That doesn't tell me that You know That means one of two things right? That either means the talent between You know some of these teams is so wide It's not even funny Between the top two teams in college football That it's so wide it's not even funny Or that tells me right, Or that tells me They're not the four best teams they just didn't play anybody and made it all the way through, and it's really hard to do that, right? Case in point, Oklahoma, right? They played LSU a few years back in the college football playoff, right? They lost sixty-three to twenty-eight. That was a game that you probably turned it off, uh, well, halfway through the third quarter, or maybe at halftime, right? <laughs> it was a absolute smackdown. They got throttled, so. You know the question. I think the questions out there: What could have prevented this? What, if anything, could have prevented uh, all this realignment and teams jumping ship and tradition going out the window? Well, I'm going to tell you, it's actually a very simple thing, in my opinion that could have that could have changed this. Right. The first thing is they should have expanded the college football playoffs earlier. All right. That would have resulted in. paying out programs upwards of an extra five million dollars, okay? And and I'll explain that, right? Like, if they expand the playoffs, right, and I went back and I did the research into this. You make the playoffs, you're probably gonna get somewhere between five million dollars, right? Now if you make the playoffs a bigger thing, you're probably gonna draw more money from it. Right? And and I understand that people are like, well, you know, now you're gonna draw more money from it, right? Because there's more schools involved, it's a better thing, right? But you don't want to go overboard with it. You don't want to. You don't want to have it be like a hundred and thirty team like slugfest. Now you just want to, like I said, I think the the perfect, the perfect uh, model for the playoff system should be twelve to sixteen teams, right? Cut it off at like, no more, at least no more than twenty four teams, right? That should be how it's done. Um, <clears throat> you know. With that being said, you know you also would have had. You would have saved the integrity of the bowl games, right? Look, here's the end of the day, right? Like the BCS era, you know, guys sticking around and playing in bowl games and, you know, bowl games being like really cool and, and nice. It's not like that anymore, right? Guys are opting out of the season. You're not even getting your best players playing in a lot of these bowl games. The only thing that really, the only people that really benefit from the bowl games is the kids that are um, trying to compete. You Know what I mean? And trying to, uh, that don't really have that much experience at the college level, and they pretty much get a game to go out there and and, you know at the next level and get a little bit of experience with it. So, but again, if they had expanded the playoffs, and we were looking at a 12 to 2014 playoff, right? The hometown Lenders Bahama Bowl, right? Not throwing shade here. You could, have, hell, you could have made that the national championship game. Nobody would have cared what you called it, just as long as the two best teams were in there, right? As long as there was two really awesome, you know, as long as there was a, a bunch of games that were really awesome and worth watching out there. And I think that's where, as a sport, you know, these guys definitely didn't get this right. And I think that they're starting to see that. <clears throat> and incidentally, and this is for another, a whole another podcast that we'll get into it. It could mean, well, it, it could mean college football itself. Uh, correcting itself and it's pretty much doing what this committee and what the NCAA has failed to do at times and it's it's naturally aligning that way right everything's lining up it seems almost perfectly for college football to continue expanding especially the playoffs right now here's the other thing too right And, and I'll kind of tie all this in together here right USC and UCLA they're gonna get an extra you know, it depends on what the deal ends up being. You're looking anywhere between an extra $1.5 million to an extra probably $5 million for this move uh, over to the Big Ten, okay? That is going to be a huge... You're, you're talking about that's going to be a huge thing, right? And the reason why I say that, again, it goes back to the top of this. If they would have expanded the dang college football playoffs... Teams would already had that money. Now, granted, I know there's a lot of people out there saying, "Well, no, I mean, they still, they still would want the money and the TV deals and everything like that." Hey, look, I get it. It would have at least slowed it down, probably. I don't know if this would have been in, inevitable or not, right? I mean, look at college basketball. How many times are teams jumping out of, you know, or doing conference realignments over there? You, you don't, you hardly hear it, right? So, I don't know. It's going to be something interesting to see uh, going forward. I, I certainly think. Guys, with that being said, that's going to conclude this episode of the Flat Rock Sports Podcast. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe for more daily college football content. As always, I'm your host, Christian Hunt, and we'll catch you next time.